It's just the cough that's been uh, nagging at me, and it is getting better. So I, I thank the Lord for that, and don't stop praying. It's uh, almost there, so we're getting there, okay? But uh, appreciate your patience with me on that. James chapter 4, we'll begin reading verse number 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your own lust, that war in your members. And so we're going to kind of continue where we left off the 11 o'clock service. And I've got, uh, I think it's ten things here that are an issue <coughs> that seems to war against us. And we're going to talk about each of those uh, very briefly. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer and we'll jump into it this afternoon. Father, we pray that you'll bless the time once again that uh, we come to your word. Give us understanding. And uh, Lord, may this be a, a practical help to us. We understand and know from the earlier service uh, the battle that wages in our hearts, in our bodies. And so, Father, help us for the next few moments to uh, understand these truths. May they be helpful to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 2019, about three and a half years ago, middle of 2019, uh, a survey was done on the besetting sins or the issues that uh, independent fundamental Bible-believing, King James Version type uh, Baptist <coughs> folks that would hold to uh, a sound form of doctrine, what are the top issues that they felt that they dealt with in the area of things that were sinful in their lives? This, uh, this warring of the flesh that takes place each and every day. And they listed them in order of the most uh, prominent one to the one that they had the least issue with. And so I'm going to give them to you in this order. We're going to look at some scripture together regarding each of them, or most of them at least. And some of them are doubled up together because they tied for the same position in the list. And so we're going to look at these things, and hopefully we'll be able to get some help from them as far as a practical standpoint. If we know that we're warring against these things each and every day, that it'll help us to kind of be on guard for them, to watch for them. Uh, if we know the enemy's coming, it's a lot easier to defend against them. And so uh, hopefully it'll be a help to you. Uh, the first one that they gave in this survey of uh, the most prominent things that they, they, they struggle with in their Christian life, uh, and I was kind of surprised by this one. Uh, I thought it would be a, a different one that's on the list here. But uh, the vast majority of them, and this one was by far the, the highest one on the list, was materialism. The issue of materialism. And uh, I guess that holds true uh, with regards to the fact that we are in the United States of America. And the truth of the matter is, as a society as a whole, we are a very materialistic society. And uh, always trying to strive for more, trying to get more stuff and making that the important thing. Uh, look with me, if you will, in the book of Matthew, chapter number 6. Matthew, chapter number 6. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus teaches on this a little bit in Matthew chapter number 6. <coughs> Excuse me. In verse number 19, he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I will say this, that uh, that verse in particular uh, 
it goes both directions. Uh, you show me your treasure, I can show you your heart. Uh, your treasure often will indicate where your heart is. And I think this is what Jesus is trying to teach here. Uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You could say it this way, that uh, whatever it is that your heart is desiring in this side of life, uh, we would refer to it as this lust that wars in our members. Um, if that's the desire of our hearts, it's going to be seen in what we treasure, what we hold to. And um, so he talks about this. And then down in verse number 32, of course, he's talking about um, the idea of uh, trying to get gain, trying to get gain. In fact, I'm going to just back up and read a little bit more of this because it's going to be important that we do this. Um, we'll just continue reading verse 22 and read down through. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. In other words, whatever it is that you're focused on, that's what you're going to uh, put your effort to. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body is evil and shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So we see here that within the context, the choice is the love of money or material things, uh, gain, or the love of Christ. And you can't serve both of them. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for the body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, and are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall ye eat, or what shall ye drink, or wherewithal shall ye be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things." But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What are all the things that he's talking about here? He's talking about the needs of life. Now, it doesn't say that you're not to focus on the needs of life. It's saying that when it comes to the comparison between the needs of life and seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, that the, the desires or the affections towards the things of God ought to far outweigh far outweigh our desire for the things of this world. And yet materialism was the very top of the list of things in this life that people say are a problem, that they struggle with. Uh, and it ought to be, you know, there's, there's a passage of Scripture, I don't have the reference handy, it talks about the fact, the fact um, that uh, if, we, if we hate not our uh, father and our mother and our sister and our brother, um, that that uh, that our love for God is ought to be such that it causes the love that we have for our family to look like it's hatred. And, that, and that's what the Bible was getting at in that verse. And when we get to this thing of seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you, uh, I understand we have to work a job and we have to make ends meet for our families. It's not saying to forsake that and to sit at home on your couch. Uh, somebody said it this way, being uh, so heavenly minded you're of no earthly good. 
Uh, it's not talking about sitting there and twiddling your thumbs and just focusing on the Lord and God will meet all your uh, needs. It's saying that our desire ought to be such for the kingdom of God in such a way that it seems like we're not giving hardly any thought to our life because God will take care of those things. We're not to stress over them, worry over them. And so, again, materialism is, uh, has been probably predominantly one of the greatest issues in Christians' lives that they struggle with. This is one of those things that we war daily on. The second one that was on the list, and, and this was uh, another one that was fairly high, highly separated between the others, is the issue of pride, believe it or not. Uh, pride, and I would have probably put pride at the top of the list. If I had had to make this list, I would have said pride first probably. I would have had materialism high on the list. But they, in the, in the survey uh, that they did, they, most people said materialism. It was significantly higher even than pride. But pride being uh, the second uh, that people deal with, pride. And um, I, I've shared this before, but the truth is this, and I learned this a long time ago in college with a project that a, a professor had us do. But pride is the root of every sin that we commit. There's not a sin that we commit that we do not choose to do it or commit it. <coughs> we use the phrase often when we're talking about someone who sinned, <coughs> or maybe regarding any sin that we've had, we say, well, they fell into sin, or I fell into sin. We, we make it sound as though we were walking along, minding our own business, following the Lord, and all of a sudden, a sin pit opened up in front of us, and we had no choice. We just stumbled into it. That is not the way sin works. Every sin we commit is one we choose to do. And the reason for that is our pride. It comes back to this truth that James was speaking of, this war that's happening in our members. Our will gets the better of us. It wants us more, or it draws us more, than we're willing to follow the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. Uh, so pride. Pride is a huge one. And uh, I wanted to try to give us some practical application to the 11 o'clock service, because while that's a great truth and understanding... Sometimes it helps us to know the, the, the practical side of things. And some of these wars that we battle with, with the, the, the lust of this flesh that we have, uh, this old nature, deal with the materialism in our life, the pride in our life. And I would say that the materialism is probably because of the pride. Uh, but Romans chapter number 12, if you'll turn over there for a moment, and let's look in verse number 3. Most of us know 1 and 2 very much by heart. Uh, but, but a lot of us end reading it at verse number 2 of chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, let's look in verse number 3. The Bible says this, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. Also turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter number 2. So we're not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. In Philippians chapter number 2, I can never get my pages to unstick here. There we go. <clears throat> Verse number 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Now, did Christ have every right to come 
demanding people worship Him and bow to Him. He had every right to do that, did He? In fact, the Bible says this, He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He wasn't stealing the glory from God by claiming He was equal with God. He had every right to do that, didn't He? Because He was God. He wasn't stealing God's glory. He wasn't robbing God. He had, He's the only one who ever had that right. But the Bible says that He, uh, in verse number 6, uh, or verse number 7, He says, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a what? King? Prince? Ruler? Took upon him the form of a what? Servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, what's this next phrase here? He what? Humbled himself. It wasn't enough that he uh, made himself of no reputation and was made in the form of a man. But even in that position after he had already left behind his glory in heaven and came in a very humble in a very humble form he then humbled himself in the issue of being obedient unto death obedient to who obedient to the father remember in the garden of eden as he's sitting there praying father if there be any other way let this cup pass from me nevertheless not my will but as thou will what was he doing? He was giving us an example of humility. And Paul was telling the Philippian church, let this mind be in you. The mind that Christ had when He humbled Himself in obedience. Practical application of James chapter 4. This war that's going on in our members. Their self-centeredness. And again, we can use both of those verses was the third one. Materialism. Pride, self-centeredness. Again, you could use Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3. You can also use Philippians chapter 2 in that one. The fourth one. <laughs> the fourth one, believe it or not, is laziness. Laziness. Look with me in Romans chapter 12 again. Romans chapter 12. Now, we could talk about laziness in our lives as far as work is concerned. And I believe that it certainly is applicable. But I would also say laziness in the Christian life, spiritually. We don't serve the Lord because we're lazy. We don't read our Bibles because we're lazy. We neglect our walk with God because we're lazy. And it is one of the great wars that is fought, one of the great battles of the war that is fought in this battle of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, versus walking in the Spirit. I will, I'm, going to, I'm going to say and be very transparent with you, and I think most all of you could probably relate to this. There are times that I don't feel like reading my Bible. I know that's hard for you to understand because you think, boy, pastor just loves reading his Bible 24 hours a day. I put my britches on like anybody else, and there are moments where I'm like, oh, I'll read my Bible later. I just, I just am not there right now. If I'm not careful, I'll, I'll develop that into laziness. There are times, I'll be real frank with you, I don't feel like coming to church. Now, I love it when I'm here. And I hate missing it. But there are times I don't feel like coming. If we're not careful, it'll develop into laziness. It's one of the great battles we fight. Just because we feel that way doesn't mean we should neglect it. Because it's one of the battles we fight. That's the flesh. That's the war 
that's going on in our bodies. It wars. Notice what James said there in verse number 1. It wars in our members. Look with me in Romans chapter number 12 and look down in verse number uh, 11. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. It deals with both laziness in the human realm in our day-to-day lives, slothful in business. And it tells us we're not to be that way in our spiritual life either. It says we're to be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. But yet it's one of the great battles in this survey taken of all these Christian folks, and they could have put anything on the list. The fourth highest one was laziness. Laziness. The next area is a tie for fifth that they, that they struggle with in their lives that's a, a war in their members. And that is anger and bitterness. They kind of go hand in hand. Usually one stimulates the other. Usually anger stimulates or, or results in, let's put it that way, if it's prolonged, it results in bitterness. Let's look in Romans chapter 12 again. Hopefully you're still there. Romans chapter 12. And look in verse number 14. Bless them which persecute you, and curse not. Verse number 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Anger and bitterness is a battle. And I'll be real frank with you. If I had a show of hands today, I think we would be shocked at how many of us in this room probably struggle with that one. If we were honest before God and before each other. Anger and bitterness. These are things that war in our members. And again, being aware of them will help us to be on guard with them. It's vitally, vitally important that we submit ourselves to God. That we humble ourselves in the sight of God. And we flee the devil. We resist the devil in these areas. We put down the old nature. And we say, I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to, I want to follow after what God has for me. Alright, number, that was tied for number five. Number six, sexual lust. And I'm surprised this one was as far down the list as it was. Because in the society we live in today, with everything that's out there today, I would have thought this would have been much higher on the list. But it becomes a battle and a war, does it not? You can't go around town without seeing things and hearing things that will appeal to that desire in a man, that flesh nature. It's a battle. It's a battle. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't prepare and determine in your heart ahead of time that you're going to do this when that, when that time period comes and you're going, to, you're going to turn your eyes or you're going to avert your ears or you're going to leave the situation or you're going to have some Scripture that you quote during those moments, it's going to be one of those wars that you're going to battle. And you're going to battle it hard. It's going to be difficult. Number seven, number seven is envy. Envy. It's amazing, and... and I like to rejoice when God does something good for other people. 
How many of you are like that? You like to rejoice when God does something good for other people? I love that. I, I, I get excited for them. But in that rejoicing, isn't there always that little glimmer in the back of your mind saying, boy, Lord, I hope you do that for me too. It's always there, isn't it? It's ever present with us. And I'm not saying that, that we're, not, we're not rejoicing with them. We do. I do. I, I genuinely and sincerely rejoice when God does something nice for other people. But it is the, it is the nature of our old man. Is the nature of our flesh. Say, boy, I want that too. Lord, do that for me too. And it's a war. It's a battle. It's one of those things we need to submit ourselves to God on and humble ourselves in and say, Lord, I truly do rejoice. And if you choose to do that for me, I'll rejoice. But if you choose not to do it, I'll still be grateful and thankful regardless. That's a hard place to come to because our nature is what we do best in our natural state is envy. We do it best. We're known for it. But when we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, He helps us in this area. But it is a war. It is a... And then the last one. The last one. And this is a tough one. Lying. Lying is a battle. It's a war. There are different motivations for lying out there. One is to not get in trouble. <laughs> you don't want to get in trouble, so you lie. One of them is to appear to be something you are not. And that kind of comes back to pride, doesn't it? One of them is just because it's your nature to. You don't even have to have a reason sometimes. It's a battle. It's a war that wars in your members. So I'm going to give you several of these things. I'm going to go back through the list make sure you got them all. Materialism was first. That was the highest on the list. My personal thing is I think pride ought to be there, but I'm going by the survey. What people said, this is the hardest battle I have to fight. They started with materialism. The next one on the list was pride. The next one on the list was self-centeredness, which is very similar and goes kind of along with pride. Uh, you have to be prideful to be self-centered. Uh, you want everything to revolve around you and benefit you, and it's all about you. The third thing was, or the fourth thing was laziness. Laziness. Tied for fifth was anger and bitterness. Then sexual lust then envy, then lying. Now, all that being said, let's read one more time James chapter 4 and verse number 1, and let's, let's keep in mind these practical aspects as we read this verse. James chapter number 4 and verse number 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss, that it may be consumed upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? You think the Bible's saying that to no avail? Obviously. It knows our hearts, doesn't it? The spirit that's within us. It's lowercase s. This is our spirit, our will. It lusteth to envy. 
But He giveth more grace, and aren't we glad of that? Wherefore, He saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse number 10, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Verse number 17, Therefore, to him that knoweth the good, and doeth it not to him in his sin. Those are the key points of James chapter number 4. You can read the verses in between. You'll find that they're all within the context. But those are kind of the key verses that you pull out. There's a war that battles every moment of every day. And I cannot emphasize enough, folks, that we have to be aware of it all the time. And we have to battle it all the time. And we have to be in a constant state of submitting in a process of submitting ourselves to the Lord. It's not a one-time decision. It is a constant and a continual state of yielding and submitting and humbling ourselves to the Lord. And I fear that we don't do that. The day that we live, we don't think consciously of that situation enough to stay in a constant flux or a constant state of submission to the Lord. What the tendency is, is to submit to Him in a moment of decision and then walk away from the decision and go on with our life and leave the decision at the altar. It's got to be a continual thing. It's the only way we're going to win this war that battles in our members. So I hope that will be a help to you this week. And um, just some practical things, things you can sink your teeth into. All right? Let's stand together we'll be dismissed. Father, we pray that You'll bless the teaching of Your Word. And, uh, Lord, as it instructs us in these things that tend to be the downfall, they tend to be the things that entice and, and gnaw at our flesh and draw us, I pray that You would help us 